0: Welcome back to the Hemingway List Podcast. Talking about book four, chapter 13. I actually remembered to submit the thing today. So, do you think Dolokhov is cheating or just daring Rostov to accuse him of it? Hard to tell if he's really cheating and just being really cocky about it and almost admitting it, or if he's just sort of aware of the fact that he's on a winning streak. And he's kind of challenging Rostov as like, I dare you to accuse me of cheating because it's quite a serious accusation to accuse someone of cheating, right? And so he's not just going to go ahead and take that. Um, So it would be quite a confrontation if he did so. Angel of the Dawn says, Dolokhov is absolutely cheating as vengeance on Rostov. I'm so sad he's falling for it and continuing to bet. At least I have a feeling that at the end of this, Nikolai won't view his friendship with Dolokhov in the very same overly rosy light. He's learning what is probably a valuable lesson. Well, it's a very valuable lesson so far. It's cost him how many, how many rubles? 1,600 or something like that? Ryan Dundev says, It's starting to get to where I don't want to just read a single chapter. I want to keep going. Rostov is clueless and walking smack face first into the reality of his youthful weakness of character, and I can't look away. Yeah, you get that feeling a lot in this book. This one chapter at a day—it's got its pros and cons. It's got its pros and cons. It's something really good about like living with the book for a year uh, and just having a daily dose of it. But at the same time, I do feel you where there's those chapters where it's like, oh, do we really have to stop here? You just want to binge through it. You can binge ahead if you want. You know, no harm in it. Binge ahead and then you know wait for us to catch up or whatever. One Eliza says from chapter twelve. Can I just say how much I liked this quote? Natasha was in love w- the very moment she entered the ballroom. She was not in love with anyone in particular, but with everyone. It just shows her age perfectly. I do love that scene of Natasha walking in um, to these kind of, uh, you know, her, her. they're like, what's the word? Um, coming of age sort of moments, like walking into balls where it's, you know, the purpose of it is to sort of find a, a sweetheart. And, you know, she's kind of stepping into being a, a woman in, in, so to speak. And it's really well written. Um, Fragrant Skrull said, no, Rostov, I don't know if dolokov is cheating. I wouldn't be surprised, but my hopes for him turning his character and virtue around after almost dying is dashed as he's back to his scoundrel ways. I am afraid of what is coming next for Rostov. well, Dolokhov was friends with Pierre and then slept with Pierre's wife and then taunted him about it, got in a duel and got shot. Then, in that duel, Rostov was his second. You know, Rostov supported him during that and became friends with him, drove him home to his poor mother, and now Dolokhov has sort of tried to steal Rostov's sweetheart. And then, um, as a punishment for the fact that the sweetheart decided not to go with Dolokov, Dolokov is even further now ripping off Rostov. I don't think much puts much value in friendship as well, at all. I don't think he'd be a good friend to have. The Qureshi says, dumb for Rostov, lots of ways to stop by without gambling, why? Yeah, um, it is dumb of Rostov. He's a dumb young man, though. All right, guys. Chapter 14, coming at you now. Still going with Maud. Unfortunately, I haven't had time at all to um, do much translating recently, but hopefully, I'm hoping in the next, in the coming few weeks, I'm going to be able to do a lot more. Chapter 14 goes like this. An hour and a half later, most of the players were but little interested in their own play. The whole interest was concentrated on Rostov. Instead of 1,600 rubles, he had a long column of figures scored against him, which he had reckoned up to 10,000, but that now, as he vaguely supposed, must have risen to 15,000. In reality, it already exceeded 20,000 rubles. Dolikov was no longer listening to stories or telling them, but followed every movement of Rostov's hands and occasionally ran his eyes over the score against him. He had decided to play until that score reached 43,000. He had fixed on that number because 43 was the sum of his and Sonia's joint ages. Rostov, leaning his head on both hands, sat at the table which was scrawled over with figures, wet with spilled wine and littered with cards. One tormenting impression did not leave him, that those broad-boned reddish hands with hairy wrists, visible from under the shirt sleeves, those hands which he loved and hated, held him in their power. Six hundred roubles, ace, a corner, a nine, winning its backs, impossible. Oh, how pleasant it was at home. The knave, double or quits, it can't be. And why is he doing this to me? Rostov pondered. Sometimes he staked a large sum, but Dolokhov refused to accept it and fixed the stake himself. Nicholas submitted to him, and at one moment prayed to God as he had done on the battlefield at the bridge over the ends, and then guessed that the card that came first to hand from the crumpled heap under the table would save him. Now counted the cords on his coat and took a card with that number and tried staking the total of his losses on it. Then he looked round for aid from the other players or peered at the now cold face of Dolokhov and tried to read what was passing in his mind. He knows, of course, that this loss mean what this loss means to me. He can't want my ruin. Wasn't he my friend? Wasn't I fond of him? But it's not his fault. What he what's he to do if he has such luck? "'And it's not my fault, either,' he thought himself. to himself. "'I have done nothing wrong. "'Have I killed anyone, or insulted, or wished harm to anyone? "'Why such a terrible misfortune? "'And when did it begin? "'Such a little while ago I came to this table "'with the thought of winning a hundred roubles "'to buy that casket for Mama's name day, "'and then going home. "'I was so happy, so free, so light-hearted, "'and I did not realise how happy I was. "'When did that end, and when did this new terrible state of things begin? "'What marked the change?' I sat all the time in this same place at this table, chose and placed cards, and watched those broad-boned, agile hands in the same way. When did it happen, and what has happened? I am well and strong, and still the same, and in the same place. No, it can't be. Surely it will all end in nothing. He was flushed and bathed in perspiration, though the room was not hot. His face was terrible and piteous to see, especially from its helpless efforts to see calm. The score against him reached the fateful sum of 43,000. Rostov had just prepared a card by bending the corner of which he meant to double the 3,000 just to put down to his score, when Dolikov, slamming down the pack of cards, put it aside and began rapidly adding up the total of Rostov's debt, breaking the chalk as he marked the figures in his clear, bold hand. Supper. It's time for supper, and here are the gypsies. Some swarthy men and women were really entering from the cold outside and saying something in their gypsy accents. Nicholas understood that it was all over, but he said, in an indifferent tone, "'Well, won't you go on? I had a splendid card already.'" As if it were the fun of the game, which interested him most. "'It's all up. I'm lost,' thought he. "'Now a bullet through my brain. That's all that's left to me.'" "'And at the same time,' he said in a cheerful voice, "'Come now. Just this one more little card.'" "'All right,' said Dolikov. "'Having finished the edition,' All right, 21 rubles, he said, pointing to the figure 21, by which the total exceeded the round sum of 43,000, and taking up a pack he prepared to deal. Rostov submissively unbent the corner of his card and instead of the 6,000 he had intended, carefully wrote 21. It's all the same to me, he said. I only want to see whether you will let me win this 10 or beat it. Dolokhov began to deal seriously. Oh, how Rostov detested at that moment those hands with their short reddish fingers and hairy wrists, which held him in their power. The ten fell to him. You owe me 43,000, Count, said Dolokhov, and stretching himself, he rose from the table. One does get tired sitting so long, he added. Yes, I'm tired too, said Rostov. Dolokhov cut him short, as if to remind him that it was not for him to jest. When am I to receive the money, Count? Rostov, flushing, drew Dolokhov into the next room. I cannot pay it all immediately. Will you take an I.O.U.? He said. I say, Rostov, said Dolokhov, clearly, smiling and looking Nicholas straight in the eyes. You know the saying, lucky in love, unlucky at cards. Your cousin is in love with you. I know. Oh, it's terrible to feel oneself so in this man's power, thought Rostov. He knew what a shock he would inflict on his father and mother by the news of his loss. He knew what a relief it would be to escape it all and felt that Dolokhov knew that he could not save him from all this shame and sorrow, but wanted now to play with him as a cat does with a mouse. Your cousin, Dolokhov started to say, but Nicholas interrupted him. My cousin has nothing to do with this, and it's not necessary to mention her, he exclaimed fiercely. Then when am I to have it? Tomorrow, replied Rostov, and left the room. All right, there we go. Another chapter down. Rost off. Oh, my God. 43,000 rubles. That's a hell of a lot of money. You silly, silly boy. All right, guys, have your say about that one at the subreddit. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you on the Tomozo.